podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league courtesy of DraftKings because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team Every week, based uh, on a salary cap, you enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link. And that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter. And as well as the pay to play contest, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, begambleaware.org. Look at this, gang. Look at this. It's FFS. The Guru Sandrini, obviously, in the house. He's got the wind chimes. The incense is burning. I can get some kind of sense of panpipe music. That makes sense. It's FFS. It's his domain. Propose on the show. I mean, James Sandrini, is this a new look, a new year for Propo? I mean, this is this is unheralded. I know you're a wrestling fan, Nat. This is a, one of those rare three-way dances that they put on earlier in the calendar year just to see, <laughs> just to get the fans back into it. And Ollie, <laughs> nice. lovely to have you here. I, I don't know why you're here. You might be in the wrong room. Can we help you? Uh, well, actually, I was I was thinking that I could help you guys considering <laughs> that I think I finished above both of you in the uh, uh, show league we last week. So despite having my one of my worst weeks on uh, over on Edge Rush, um, I'm just saying maybe I'm the fancy expert on this oh, podcast. Oh, I see. That's all it comes out now. Week 18, we finally established it's Propo, who's the fantasy expert. A couple <laughs> of things immediately spring to mind. If Propo was a wrestler, who would he be? Big Show. The big yeah, you'd be good, good big show actually. Big or show. Um, a bit of Bray Wyatt in there. <laughs> big show, big show master of the hill turn. You'd have to do a lot of work. I don't know. That doesn't Probably sound like he wouldn't be worry. a heel. I don't think he'd be a heel. I think uh, he'd definitely be a face. Yeah, what? I was thinking more like a uh, Daniel Bryan. What do you mean, what's uh, that? It's like a, a good heel or a bad turn. A bad yeah, turn. <laughs> well, a heel turn is when you turn, basically a face is a goodie, a heel is a baddie, and then a turn is when you flip from one to the other. What is that like a an actual technical wrestling term? Yep. Is it? Yep. Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was just a goodie and a baddie, like everyone else says. <laughs> Face and heel. Uh so realize Jay- how nerdy FFS is. Uh I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave if you want. <laughs> I I'm Mike Carson, one hundred percent would be like Stone Cold Steve Austin, a heel that everyone still cheers for. All mm. right, enough wrestling chat, wrestling NC pod crossover. We're gonna get down to business. Uh with speaking of getting down to business. Uh, Propo has just gatecrashed our show chat, which is meant to be there, gang, for production discussion, narratives, that kind of thing. Just selfishly uh, and consistently asking, tapping up the guru for fantasy advice the whole bloody time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, realistically, um, I still lost my fantasy championship. <laughs> you still so, yeah. lost. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So thanks, so thanks for that, Sandrini. That but, makes everyone uh, look good on yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but to be fair, 
that was only because uh, Mike Evans was the person I was playing against, and mm. he scored something like mm. forty points, and it was M- Mike Evans ridiculous. is in your fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing against Mike Evans, and he just plays himself in every single position yeah. with some hack about it. But yeah, no, I was playing against Mike Evans. All of the calls actually, Sandrini did say I disagreed with a couple of them, but I still followed him, and they were all correct. But sadly, they could not uh, get me over the line because uh, Mike Evans is now eternally an enemy. Oh dear, so Propo, uh, more beef with uh, various NFL players after Mike Evans blew him up. All right, well, no luck for Propo. How many did you win, Sandrini? You know, Nat, did you see the message where Sandrini was like, yeah, I'm in like six finals? Of course he is. He's, yeah. like, the, he's like the guy I once played, uh, did a show with, a poker show, Scott Fishman, who's a World Series of Poker pro. Scott Fish, yeah. You know Scott Fishman, there you go. Fishy. And Scott, um, at one point in filming, we had a break from filming, because there was an England game on. It was during that we were filming during obviously one of the championships. And not only was he playing simultaneously about 11 hands of poker online, was taking action in the room on various things as well. Uh, this is basically the Guru Sandry. Four fine, uh, four wins, <sighs> two third place. You take that. You're happy with that. Take that. Yeah. And then a few rebuilds, obviously, where, you know, the intention is to be as bad as possible. So, yeah. Not bad. Oh, that's, I, mean, I don't, that's I don't play really... any redraft. The thing is, so you have some barren periods where you're building up your teams, but mm. when they all come together, it's it's uh, quite thrilling. How many leagues are you in? So I'm in eight dynasty leagues and then a variety of best ball leagues. How do you handle that week in, week out? That's insane. Nat can't do one. And yeah, I, I can't. can't. I, just realized I lost <laughs> I lost, lost to Tom Deakin in, uh, in our dynasty league this week, which means I'm, I'm oh my this God, is five the, and nine. The problem is, is you only just found out about that. That's that's not going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, this is true. Hey, I've been, I've been <laughs> must try harder. I concentrate all my energy on the daily fantasy focus, of course. Our cool. uh, listener league. Uh, hit the link in the bio, and you can join us. Free to enter contests and uh, hash contests as well. So lots of stuff to play for there. We're going to get into our show team for that very league a little bit later on. Give you some advice and some tips. I hope, uh, but let's get into some news and start with injuries. We always always kick off with them on FFS. Just a little note to you, Propo, because you probably don't, know, <laughs> we don't remember <laughs> the format of the show. The uh, We've recorded Edge Rush, of course, and that is out in the vault. If you uh, are listening to this now, go and check out Edge Rush. Me and Propo were talking, James, about the complexity of Week 18 uh, from a gambling perspective, of course, because so many unknowns in terms of how long players are going to be playing for, who's going to put out their starters for how long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, the same problems and challenges apply to fantasy. And that is made even more uh, challenging when you look at injuries. So let's start with Philly and the Eagles um, and indeed the Dolphins, because I've got a lot writing on them because they are my true lock of the week. Uh, and Teddy's injury. Um, assuming We're assuming Teddy's not going to start. What about Jalen Hurts for Philly? Teddy might, but probably won't. So dislocated uh, finger, he can't grip the football. This is Friday afternoon. The latest we heard on Thursday's practice is he still can't grip the football. So mm. they could turn it around. Obviously, they need to win. Um, Skylar Thompson would come in. Otherwise, that is a major degradation of that offense. We've seen Tua to Teddy keep this offense alive, perhaps uh, to at least league average levels. Skylar, you know, he's a, a late round rookie. Uh, maybe the bigger question for Miami if if Teddy can't go, because I, I don't think they can win that game if they don't have Teddy, is what do we see with Tua next year? I think that's a big off-season topic about... What do you mean? You know, 
well, multiple concussions, at least two, potentially three, depending on how you read the tea leaves during the course of the season. There are people who have already called on him to retire. I don't think that that's going to happen, but I think we're talking about numerous brain injuries in a short period of time. Um, at some stage, if it, particularly if we go into next season and it occurs again, then any concussion, then you start to question about whether whether he should be in the game. Yikes. Uh, I guess it's a very logical and sensible point and one I hadn't really thought through that Tua's career could be coming to a premature end. My God, that is that is far too deep to be considering on on a week 18 fantasy show right now. We'll get into that in the offseason. All right, uh, Jalen Hurts? Jalen, I think he's going to play. The word from Siriani about 10 minutes ago uh, was that they're expecting him to play. And obviously they're playing for the number one seed. So uh, they're considering what we've seen from Minshew, Minshew, I think is is a viable quarterback in this league, but Hertz is a game winner, league winner. They'll want Hertz out there. I don't. I feel proper. Minshew's damaged his status a little bit with this with this cameo. I feel like he could have used this as a vault into a possible starting gig, but I don't think he's going to be offered that based on what we've seen from him. Yeah, I'm just sort of processing the fact that apparently Sandrini had a text from Nick Sirianni 10 minutes ago about Jalen Hurts. Uh, but... we're, we're in a league together. Yeah, yeah, you are. are in a league with everyone at this moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. You actually are in a league with Mike Evans. Um, yeah, I agree, to be honest with you. I thought the performance last week, I think it did almost more in terms of Jalen Hurts' MVP case than it did for sort of Minshew, mm. detrimental side of Minshew's play. I think what we saw is that Jalen Hurts is just so perfect for that offense and that offense has been built around him. And Gardner Minshew just can't make some of the throws that Jalen Hurts can. And I think that Gardner Minshew, we saw enough against the Cowboys to suggest that he is still a viable backup and probably one of the best backups in this league. And I also think there are a couple of incidents against the Saints last week, which were pretty unfortunate for the Eagles and have com- could have completely turned the tables. So as much as, yes, Minshew may have not impressed as much as everyone thought, I think no one expected him to convince everyone he's a starter in this league. But I think mm. everyone still accepts after that performance against the Cowboys that he is one of the best backups and especially at the price the Eagles have got him at. I mean, they've got yeah, one can of the I, cheapest quarterbacks in the league. Can I defend Gardner here a bit? As in two two weeks in, in a row, obviously, as you said, not the offense. The offense is not designed around him. They haven't been able to run the ball in either of the games in which he's played effectively. They mm. went toe-to-toe with Dallas despite Dallas scoring 40. And he's a... Probably a, at, at best, maybe he's a uh, second tier starter. You know, he's in that 16 to 32 range rather than top 16. Mm. Or he's a top end backup. But, you know, what you expect from those players is some volatility. And we saw some good mm-hmm. and some bad. I, I don't think he's done his opportunities next year uh, any real disservice. Okay, fair. It's a fair argument. I I beg to differ in so far as I think if he had nailed it, I reckon he could have played into a starting gig, but I suppose mm. those two things can uh, coexist. Would uh, you hate more Kenny Pickett or Garden Minshew? Uh, here, we, time? <laughs> here we go. Well, um, Justin Fields out for the Bears, which means Nate Peterman makes his welcome return <laughs> to the NFL. Is he in our top five, Nates? I think he's got to be out there. Burleson obviously is high. Um, uh, no, no, no. Burleson's one of the worst TV presenters I've ever seen, what? heard. He's awful. What? There is zero I, insight that comes out of that man. I can't believe oh, Propo. Surely you can defend Nate Wilson. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle, to be honest with you. So I'm just going to let you guys fight this one out. <laughs> I, I, the hate from Sandrini when the man is normally just a calm and... He's a slick presenter. Serene presence, yeah. It, it's just the, the content rather than his delivery. 
Mm. Okay. Well, that's kind of what I aim for. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, what are we expecting from the Bears? <laughs> Not much, I guess, is the answer to this question. Not think, much from the Bears. Yeah, Peterman's perhaps, we spoke about Minchu being a, a upper tier backup, if he is indeed that. Um, Peterman's probably lower tier Again, thinking slightly further ahead, maybe an off-season topic is, do we see a Lamar-like trajectory for Fields where he misses a few games a year every year and therefore the need for the Bears to have a high-quality backup becomes that much more essential? Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting discussion point. I wonder whether we're going to see more money invested in backups. I mean, I'm amazed it isn't that hasn't been the case for the last forever that more money isn't invested in backups. I wonder if we see it more and more because... Unless you get jammy and you have a rookie contract deal and it's a good backup that fits enough experience on the, you know, enough miles on the clock, enough uh, experience to suit that role of a steady backup. And some some teams, of course, st- well, I guess Minshew's a good example of that, right? He's still on a rookie contract. Uh, I, I It makes so much sense to be spending five, six million on a Foles kind of player propo than it does. <laughs> Fuck it, Foles. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah, I'm laughs> you know yeah, what Jesus. I mean? <laughs> uh, somebody that's got, that's had plenty of, plenty of experience as a starter. Teddy, Teddy. Okay, let's go Teddy. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to spend money on Teddy. Are we going to see that more, uh, more of a trend, particularly as teams are backing fields-esque kind of quarterbacks that are prone to injury? I think you will see that more often, especially with players like Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, mm. Jalen Hurts, obviously Gardner Minshew, one of the best backups in the league, although Nat doesn't think so, as we just discussed. So I think if you have a quarterback who's likely to be putting themselves through a bit more physical strain and to take more hits throughout the season, that you do invest more in the backup quarterback. My question to both of you mm. is the rumours circulating this week on the grapevine, Chicago Bears, second overall pick in the NFL draft, would you trade that for Devontae Adams? No. Nat? I have to N- think not if you're it. the Bears right now, just to lend the caveat. Devontae's worth it, but yeah. where they are in their trajectory towards being competitive, by the time they get there, he's going to be a depreciated asset. Are they they just that... need more picks, that's what I think. They just need more picks. Yeah. They can get more players. They need to build that offensive well, do you line. Not take, do you not take Will Anderson if he's there? You know, Do you not mm-hmm. take a, a high-end D-lineman? I mean, they obviously shipped out two defensive players. You've got to build around that D-line, I think. That's probably where I'd go. But yes, you could also trade down. I think they've got to trade it down because they just need they need more players than anything. Mm. I think what, you bring one player in, I just don't think that's going to have enough impact for the Chicago Bears team. Yeah, I think so. It, it, logical. I, I just, in my head, and we've talked about it a lot on the show, haven't we, about the clear blueprint for success of if you've got a young quarterback that is your franchise and you've bought into him, that add that key piece. The mm. Ravens definitely need to do that. Obviously, the Bills have done that. The Finns have done that. The Bengals have done that. It's worked. It works. The game plan works. So you could argue that there is a case for adding him, but yeah, sure. Financially, it's probably risky and errant because spot on, he will depreciate in value. But will he earn or will the deal make more sense outside of the immediate productivity from him in terms of the development for Justin Fields? And will that be worth its weight in gold as well? I mean, they're throwing the ball 20 times a game. Yeah. You know, w- would you benefit more from... But they'd throw it more uh, if they had Devontae Adams. I mean, is Fields best at his best if he's going to throw more than 20, 25 times a game? I'm not sure that this the, version the of Justin threat Fields that he is. could would make, yeah. would make. Yeah, and I, and I get that, and I get that, but I, I don't feel like that's where, if you were to take this team as a whole, this defense is league worst in numerous mm-hmm. categories. 
Devontae Adams might improve the offense. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely would. He would give Fields a, a significant number one, but this team isn't going to be competitive. So what's mm. what's really the point? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Let us know what you think on social at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok as well. We're still rolling on TikTok. I'm surprised you're about that. Uh, why is CMC on your injury list? Yeah, only because, I mean, there's a bunch of running backs who aren't practicing. So we'll round okay. them off really quickly. CMC... Yeah. Gibson, look, he's actually out, it seems, in Washington. James Connor didn't practice. Ken Walker didn't practice. But chances are all of them, bar Gibson, play. With CMC, Elijah Mitchell's coming back off the off IR. Wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get him involved in this last of their regular season games before the playoffs, uh, alongside a, a sprinkling of Jordan Mason and TDP. Mm, okay, we'll keep an eye on that then. Um, last one on your list. Well, sorry, my bad. Two on your list. The Vikings offensive line. An interesting one because I'm definitely taking the Vikings to cover. Uh, seven and a half point favorites, of course, going into Sunday's game. But am mm, I a little bit too quick off the draw there? Are there issues on the offensive line? I'm really worried after what we saw against Green Bay, where they were overmatched. They lost Brian O'Neill, Brian O'Neill, sorry, to IR, Austin Schlotman to IR, one of the best names in the league. It's got to be up there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Garrett Bradbury's out the center. Uh, they're aiming to get him back in the playoffs. They had the third string starting center last week. Oh, he's not, so many is he problems. not back for this week? Okay, all right. Not necessarily. I haven't seen whether he is or not, but it's just, you know, it's a long season. Right. Mm. And the hard thing, I think, particularly from a gambling perspective and fantasy perspective, is the early weeks set the narrative so much that it's quite hard to adapt during the course of the season. The Vikings O-line early in the year, early in the year with Darasaw breaking out was one of the best units over the first half and has really degraded since as a result of predominantly injury. So now this is a group that's stumbling its way into the offseason in many ways. And that when you take away the threat of the ground game, potentially with Kirk, if the line isn't there and obviously put pressure on Cousins, we know that doesn't work out particularly well. Mm. So if you weren't if you weren't down on the Vikings, there's a couple more reasons to be. Okay. Uh, last one on your list, which uh, segues quite nicely into what Po and I, one of the things, many things we were discussing on Edge Rush earlier, uh, it's become a common theme for the pod this week, really, Guru, because it's how I opened the show with Iron Mike on Monday. I think the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl, thus creating the greatest episode of America's game ever. That That's the question? Or that's the... <laughs> it's this bold statement. It's just, I yeah. let it hang there. You can come in at any point. Well, what do we work out they were? Propo, 28 to 1 to win, <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. 28 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I have to say, though, with everything that's happened this week, the best America's game would now be the Buffalo Bills if they win it. Oh, okay. Fair point. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Fair. Okay, that right. would be the best America's accepted, game. But... Accepted. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, also breaking news. We've actually got some breaking news about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. He is uh, dating the heiress to the Milwaukee Bucks. Is he really? Who is yeah. the heiress to the Milwaukee Bucks? <laughs> Don't try, maybe her name is too hard to pronounce. Oh, he's, keeping it, he's keeping it in state, though, which must be a popular move. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly. good news. Like that. That's good news for Packers fans, right? That Rodgers probably isn't going anywhere, you'd imagine. Uh, Aaron Packers, Rodgers. I guess the question for the pack, right? Mallory they... Edens. Mallory Edens, there you <laughs> Such go. Such an heiress name. Yeah. Like top five heiress <laughs> names. Um, with the pack, oh, he's the guy that owns Villa as well. I love yeah, the way he, he bought into this. This was just a side note. I was trying to draw. I, <laughs> that, I keep, try, I keep more, trying to move on. I'm way more invested in this than the idea the pack is why win the Super Bowl. I Let me try think, again. I think, uh, we should do a spin off show in the summer about, uh, in the, in the off season about, uh, who, <laughs> who NFL players are dating and, uh, and go to that rabbit hole. Sorry, go, go for it. Packers back on track. So, back on track. Packers. let's say they beat the Lions. Yeah which seems more than plausible. Yeah. Can they go on the road three times? 
and particularly presumably having to go to Philadelphia if they win out this week. I don't think so. I did one thing to note with the with the Packers. We just spoke about the narrative shifting. Their defense is now, with the exception of Rashan Gary, who's out for the year, mm. is entirely healthy. Christian Watson's obviously back. They've got all the weapons in the passing game. That O line has got healthier during the course of this season and over the last couple of weeks in particular. So they've got the pieces, at least in terms of what they have available. But I, I can't see them putting on a, up enough points to be two or three of the NFC uh, strongest op- opponents. Mm, okay, I it's a fair argument. Sold on the Eagles right now until they see Hurts back and kind of groovies in. I mean, sure, that's why they're twenty eight to one and not. Are the, are the Eagles, who are the bookies' favourites, Propo? It's got to be Eagles. Right? What, for the Super Bowl? For the NFC. Yeah, but, uh, the NFC, yeah, I believe. But for the overall Super Bowl, the Chiefs, presumably, right? No, no, it's still the Bills. Still the it's Bills. Still the Bills. The Bills have been the favourites throughout the whole season, and that mm. hasn't changed, mm. which is remarkable when you think about the way their season has gone um, through, throughout this year and the fact that they haven't necessarily been that impressive in certain parts of this season. The winner of, it is the, no, it's the 49ers. 49ers and the Eagles are basically the same odds. I think, I don't think anyone thinks outside of, and the market certainly doesn't think anyone outside of the 49ers and the Eagles are going to win the NFC. That's wild to think that Brock Purdy would out-duel Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, presumably. Like, Mm. to have the betting that way, to me, seems askew. Yeah, yeah, well, again, it's the Purdy factor, well as he's done, that, yeah, it's not because Easiest idea. The Packers for the Super Bowl. You had it here, but hey, I called them for the playoffs, and I was right about that when everyone called me called me crazy. Right. Uh, let's talk about some quarterback changes. So, and in particular, Washington, because we're going to take a look at Sam Howe for the first time. Tell us a bit more about Sam Howe. Obviously, Ben Isaacs over on College Days uh, gave us a pretty good report card when he came into the league, but we haven't really seen anything since, of course. So, what can we expect? What kind of player is he? Late round pick. He would have been probably top five if he came out the year previous. He had a great season at uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State, North Carolina. Mm. Uh, he lost some weapons, including the likes of John T. Williams to the NFL and Michael Carter, etc. So didn't have as great a season the previous year. So, you know, a year ago prior to this season. Um, he has legs, you know, he can run, he has legs, he's mobile. Thank God for um, that. Yeah, <laughs> he's got an opportunity. He's he is a dual threat QB. He had 828 rush yards in his final college season. When he came out, a lot of people pointed to Baker Mayfield in terms of his build and his arm. He has a stronger arm, though, I think, than Baker. He's got similar energy. You know, he's probably gonna headbutt someone with that right. helmet on at some point. <laughs> sure. But he's also a bit Jalen Hurt. So I don't want to overhype him because he's a late round pick. But if he's, you think about amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Um it, well, bad Baker and good Jalen, somewhere between the two. He he ran an RPO scheme there. And I think considering this is his rookie season, that that's obviously what they'll try and do as much as they can to put him at ease in his first game. Again, looking forward, you know, is Wentz done in Washington? Uh, do they move on from Heineke? Is this a team that's going to be out there trying to get a QB in the offseason? Heineke, as he said that, Propo's face just went ashen because we don't have Propo. would have to be there. renamed, which... We, would no, it be renamed? How does that work? No, no, we're refusing to rename it. It will always be forevermore the Taylor Heineke Acker. But we are both big Taylor Heineke fans, but surely, surely they'll keep him as a backup, right? Or maybe that won't be good enough for Taylor. I don't think... Yeah, it's a good point, actually. He might have designs on a starting gig. One mm. note here, another off-season storyline. Rivera... Mm. Uh, you know, it's his eighth QB in three seasons and three years to get, you know, to a, probably a losing record this season outside the playoffs uh, is his job. Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it, yeah. we, we talked about it a bit on 
the show with Iron Mike. I think it is. I think it has to be. Which other coaches are in on the hot seat? So Kingsbury. Definitely. Definitely. He's out, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. got he's done. The only reason why he'd not be is because everything else going on at that organization right now and the fact that they haven't had Kylo and they might want some continuity, but I think he has mm. to go realistically. There's rumors that McVeigh, not on the hot seat, but there's rumors that McVeigh might take the broadcasting gig. Walk away from that. And who takes LA? Peyton? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think Peyton, do you not think that Peyton's going to take the Chargers job if Brandon, but he's, Brandon said he's not on the hot seat anymore because they've made the playoffs. Uh, they'll he? make the playoffs. He'll be all yeah. right. God, well, actually, no, I mean, it's happened before. In fact, it happened with the Chargers. They famously fired Marty Schottenheimer after a 14-2 and two season. So, do it, but I mean, the Chargers, Chargers have got previous there. But it's it's less, well, it's unlikely, I should say, that a playoff coach gets fired. But it, there is a precedent there. I guess Lovey? Lovey's going to go? Lovey's yeah, I think done. Lovey's done. I mean, there's a few, yeah, because they want to make way for um, uh, Josh. Who am I thinking of? McCown, thank you. Yeah. I think I think that yeah I think he's done. I think that some interesting ones could be, you know, Vrabel in Tennessee. Mm. Obviously, change the GM. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, does the ownership structure there think that they should have done? And they're a team that are deteriorating. Um, obviously, we're expecting a new uh, coach with the Colts, um, with the Broncos. Question about wait a minute. Jeff Saturday's not going to be. He's going to be. What's the man need to do? Huh? I I do wonder. I mean, one that is a bit on the outside. Stefanski for the Browns. I think he'll get a pass I, because yeah, um, because of the quarterback Sean situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think Stefanski will stay. There are rumors that Jim Harbaugh is going to be the person going mm. to Indianapolis. That seems to be likely, which will definitely be box office. Uh, where do you think Jeff Saturday's next uh, coaching opportunity is going to be in high school? <laughs> I think he's going back to the broadcast booth. He's going to be he's going to be on a uh, edge rush with us next season proper. Um, I think the moment I wrote about him in the Times that jinxed him for life, right? <laughs> that was a given that it was going to go badly. Uh, so somehow, it'd be good to good to see him. Um, I, that, I guess unless they see some absolute lights out magic from him, they're going to be in the market for a quarterback. Washington, which other teams are in the market for? A quarterback either through the draft or, or free agency. So we don't have half, half of them. I yeah, think we, we literally literally don't have, time, we don't have time to go through how many teams need a quarterback. I think there's 18 teams with uncertain quarterback situations going into next season. Well, so included that's including presumably like the Giants you'd include in that, right? Would you? Oh, to be fair, the Giants might not necessarily be in that at this moment in time. There might be 17. So I remember the Giants were in it originally. Really? Uh, I mean, the Jets are going to be in it every single season now. Going into for forever, Raiders. yeah. The Raiders, you got well, the Miami, Colts. based on what you've just said at the top of the show, Guru. So, yeah, Tampa, well, yeah. hopefully not, but yeah, potentially yeah. Texans, obviously, Colts, obviously. I mean, do you okay. want us to keep going? I mean, Titans is definitely <laughs> yeah, a conversation. I Come on, I want, I want the whole list proper. <laughs> the Titans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Titans, well, all all the teams in the AFC South, apart from the Jags. Mm. Uh, I mean, according to Nat Pittsburgh. <laughs> and we're gonna get we're definitely gonna start getting emails from kenny pickett's lawyer soon <laughs> i just know i just know we are uh all right well we'll say that that's another good off-season show i'm sure we'll get into get into that in more detail we'll be rolling through the off-season but hey that's uh all to come uh last week as we heard Propo did very well. Very proud of his. Sh- did you actually make any money for the charity? No, no, I didn't do very well at all. You guys did really badly, so that's the reason why I won. Twenty yeah, fifth, we came tw- well twenty fifth in the paid league, eighty seventh. Blimey, Guru in the free. Um, other people fared slightly better though. 
<laughs> a few, a few did. Yeah, my hot take. Um, Eighty-four to be precise. <laughs> Smithy yeah. two point nine three. Yeah, Smithy Smithy two point nine three won the hundred dollar from the five dollar league with um, mm. a team that had Mike Evans in. No surprise. Uh, there we go. And equally, Jay Ramsayer, who won the fifty dollars from the free league, also mm. had Evans, but also had Godwin Brady uh, for that triple stack oh. in Tampa. Nothing like a triple stack. So we've got to get back in back in the swing of it to, to try and raise some more money for the charity pot. Incidentally, uh, we are going to be uh, firing that up, of course, at the end of the season with anything that we've won via DraftKings and the increasing war chest of every time I drop a natism on the show, like, I don't know, get out of Dodge. You see there's another five pounds prop price keeping tabs on that. And it is getting it definitely into the four figures by now. Uh, all right, let's go to, well, you've got a, a to end the season, the regular season anyway, your feature is, uh, well, talk us through, because the show notes say a focus on three players and a theme for the position. So you've gone quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, three players, and then a theme. So if I take quarterback to start with, you've gone Jalen, Justin Fields, and Daniel Jones, and then a theme. So talk us through why those three, why have you picked them? What's the theme? Yeah, so this weekend is obviously the end of the regular season in the NFL, but for fantasy, it finished up last weekend. All the leagues have been finalised now. Uh, there's bedlam out there as a result of the Bills-Bengals games. Uh, leagues mm. not knowing what to do if if teams could have won their league with players who were deemed to be annulled in terms of points, right? So it's done. Um, three players that I want to pick from each position, just as, as a quick look back and say who really flashed, you know, who helped you win some cash, hopefully, and uh, who you're never talking to again. Um, mm. Open conversation as ever on the show. Jalen, he's the number one QB in points per game. I think even the greatest optimist in the offseason wouldn't have seen him ascend to that degree. He's very much in that conversation now about MVP, elite QB. Um, some incredible stats is 13 rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, more than 700 yards on the ground. He's got a really strong touchdown interception ratio. They've got this great O-line. They're playing this RPO scheme that obviously really suits him where he's got this you know multitude of running backs who come in. But Hertz is here to stay in whatever format. It might not always be as good as this year. It might not always get as many touchdowns, but he's a, a, a QB1 in, in fantasy moving forward. Um, Justin Fields, we spoke about briefly earlier. He's probably going to miss some time in future seasons. He's got to consider that, but... Since week seven, that was after the Washington primetime game where he was greatly frustrated, visibly so on air. He's the number two QB in points uh, since that game and uh, ranks third overall um, in the league. Seven touchdowns, 861 yards rushing without injury, probably would have broken that thousand yard barrier. And they're now starting to tailor the offense to him. So next year we should see him rush even more. You know, he's a top five QB probably in terms of startup drafts next year. And then Danny Dimes, uh, an incredible surprise, I think, for everybody. I mean, I'd, I'd somewhat written him off. Uh, seventh in points at the QB position, wow. 708 rushing yards. You know, that's that's Fields and Hurts territory. Yeah. Seven rushing TDs as well. So he's he's put the ball in and, and he's, he's created a, he's done well enough to think that they'll bring him back next season without any real receivers. You know, they have the weakest receiving core, arguably, in the league. Um, what do we think about Danny Dimes? Well, just a quick one on that. I mentioned both of your takes on this. Do you think a player like Danny Dimes gets a better overall profile and the overall perspective enhances positively when they are a contributor to the degree he is in fantasy? In other words, do you think that we look at Danny Dimes in the real world and the reputation of Danny Dimes has been enhanced because he's contributing so much to fantasy? 
the two connect? I think if you play the game, yes, but that's probably still a minority. You know, if I think back to Bortles, who mm. was the archetype of the good in fantasy, bad in real life, mm. there was definitely an argument amongst some people when he was replaced in Jacksonville that he must be good because he scored points on my team. Mm. But he's not going to win you games uh, in the NFL. So yeah, I, I do think it matters, but I think that's among, I don't think that's, that translates to, you know, NFL front offices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Who's actually making the final decision? Well, I don't know. Washington. The, uh, I think the Giants will, will re-up him. I'm sure. I think it's I'm really, sure. I think it's likely. Yeah. Cause yeah, also sure. look, they're going to pick relatively late in the draft. All the QBs will be gone by then. Uh, they have other areas they'll want to invest in, in the off season. You know, we mentioned mm-hmm. wide receiver, but there are more for sure. And I think he's he's done enough and, and he's done what Dayball has asked him to do. And mm. if they think that Dayball can continue to improve this team and they can find weapons, then, you know, could they go deeper into the playoffs than we expect they would do this year with uh, Daniel Jones? I think they keep him and they utilise him in a Taysom Hill type of way. Ooh. I think that's what they could do, depending on the quarterback that they bring in. But I think the he Expensive could... gig, though, to so do you, that. So right? you think they bring in another QB to split time? Yeah, uh, not necessarily to split time, but I think that Danny Dimes could be utilised in that Taysom Hill way, which just gives defences, especially if they bring in a rookie or they bring in someone who isn't necessarily as complete as the top tier quarterbacks, then I think you could see Danny Dimes being utilised in that kind of Taysom Hill fashion. But at the same time, that is dependent on it not being an elite quarterback that the Giants managed to get their hands on. I think you've also got to think when you play in New York, you know, particularly as we get to this point in the calendar year, the weather's not in your favor. You know, a Russian QB could be more supportive than they would be in a dome environment. And mm. like, I, I don't personally, I don't think there's any chance they bring in a senior QB to challenge him at this point. I think he's back and they they might bring in, they might draft someone in the later rounds, but I think this is his job now, at least for next season. Mm. I think so. I think Dayball, although Carlson was making the point that Dayball is from the Belichick, Saban, lack of sentimentality so even though well look at what we've achieved you know the little engine that could vibe around the giants this season he's not going to blink if he if he feels it's not the right play you know what this is interesting uh guru and but i'm conscious of time on this episode so why don't we do running backs now on this episode and then next week we can do wide receivers and tight ends does that work yeah let's do that let's do that all right cool so let's go the theme actually for qb we'd already talked about which is basically that Mm, you know lamar murray hurts have all been out for the fantasy playoffs allen and fields not 100 they're your top five leading rushers from that position the 17th game makes a huge difference i think and concussion protocol will moving forward as well so just find a capable backup in your league if you have one of those because Hertz might have got you to the playoffs but then you might not have been able to get over the line without someone to replace him um running back yeah three to pick out so the first one's Josh Jacobs number one running back in standard leagues 2000 all-purpose yards 12 touchdowns 61 targets with 51 receptions he's been everything in that offense Devontae Adams has opened it up for him to some degree McDaniels has McDaniel has, has figured out how to utilize him he's a franchise tag candidate or is he a trade candidate I mean I don't really know what they're going to do with him in the offseason because it seemed they'd moved on prior to the season what do you think happens to Jacobs I think they trade him I think they will trade him and I think he has publicly come out and criticized the organization and then still mm. continued to go to work which is very impressive from uh from him and especially the levels that he is getting at and I think what season he's had I don't know if you'll necessarily get that much of it for him despite the season we've seen because of the value of running backs in the market right now but at the same time I think that any team that gets him has got one of the best running backs in the league without a shadow of a doubt but I can't see him being a Raider next season 
I think the problem is you've got to pay him and no one wants to hand out a second contract to a running back, mm. presumably in the sort of 10 to 12 million a year range uh, for a guy who's had real injury problems as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Josh Jacobs, the other one is Saquon in the same situation, isn't he? He is, Saquon's, yeah. they've got to make a decision on Saquon and Danny Dimes. Yeah, you're right, they do. Yeah, they've got to make a decision on both of them. I, from what I've spoken, I've spoken to a couple of Giants fans and from what I've heard, they would rather keep Saquon than Danny Dimes. They keep Danny Dimes as a backup, but they don't want to pay him and they'd rather yeah. pay Saquon Barkley, which I'm intrigued by. I've had Saquon in a couple of leagues because I managed to get him quite late. Um, he was sort of my pick to be the sort of comeback player of the season going into it. So I actually, nice. in a lot of my leagues, yeah, in a lot of my leagues, I got Saquon. But Sandrini, he was quite frustrating, I have to say, because he didn't necessarily always deliver. I think, I think he wore down yeah. one, you know, but obviously he's had injury problems of his own historically. And he was asked to do so much in that offense. You mm. need other pieces. I don't think you can rely on any one player over a grueling season to to get you through week to week. Uh, he did obviously have spike weeks later in the year, but his best work was done in those first six to eight weeks. Yeah, it was. Is he in your top three or not? It's not so much top three as much as like players I wanted to talk about, but I okay, think fair. looking forward to next season, you know, particularly if they can continue to, I mean, that line is good. That defense is getting stronger. Uh, if they can add a couple of weapons on the outside, I don't think see a reason why Saquon wouldn't be a top three fantasy RB next season. I know it's up for time. I just want one quick question I've got for you, Sandrini, because notoriously it's always been running backs that go number one, number two. Who are your number one, number two right now if you're going to do a redraft league? For next season. For next season. Half PPR, whatever you want. CMC? I think he has to be number one. I still... There's so much there's so much that's going to happen in Indianapolis that going with JT as a two feels optimistic because you don't know what the coaching staff are going to do mm. and he isn't necessarily going to have 25, 30 touches a game as he's had over the last year and a half. So I think Eckler might be your safer bet as mm. a as an RB2. Obviously, they've got the offense to sustain it. He's got a brilliant role from a fantasy perspective, particularly if you're playing PPR. Mm. Um, number three, I would think Bijan Robinson. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he was, by the end of the summer, the number three off the boards. What, a rookie? You think a number th- rookie is going to go number three? It depends where he lands, but he's that good that if he goes into a prime situation, then wheels up for Bijan. There you go. It's not just Skip Bayless hot takes from James Sandrini <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so many similarities between the two. Uh, all right. So I'll Josh quickly, Jacob, I will quickly, yeah. yeah, I'll quickly rush to the other. So uh, Tony Pollard, I just wanted to call him out because number seven, running back in points and points per game in both standard and PPR leagues. He's a split timeshare back who people don't think can hold up if they had the leading role. And that may be the case, but on only 225 touches to be RB7, this is what the RB position is now. Very few players get 90, 80% plus snap share. There's only a few of those around. Um, he's going to be a free agent. We don't know where he's going to go. We don't want know what his best role is worth keeping an eye. And Jamal Williams, who you know is a nomadic player at this point in his career we're never going to see anything like this from him again i don't think 60 i'm oh, sorry 15 touchdowns he leagues the league um from the running back perspective on only four yards per carry only 16 targets without the touchdowns he's not fantasy viable um but perhaps he gets a one-year deal to go back to detroit they obviously love him there uh, and so do the fans and his his um his colleagues so you know hopefully he gets another opportunity to still be a big part of that game so the theme for the running backs is really the staying power of the older back. If you look back over the drafts uh, in the mid of, of the last decade, 2015, the top three that came out were Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and David Johnson. All of those players, <laughs> wow. from a fantasy perspective, are, are done. You know, we're not yeah. going to see 
we would we wouldn't expect either David Johnson or Melvin Gordon to return to any prominence and, and Gurley obviously with the um with his injuries. But then 2016 and 2017, 2017 had this incredible draft at running back. Kamara, Cook, CMC, Fournette, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Eckler, Connor, an outrageous summer talent. Now, historically, mm. running backs have broken down around 25, 26, 27. Of those, and you had Zeke and Derrick Henry the year before, all of those are still, you know, I don't know, top 25 running backs. Yeah. In the league, uh, Zeke, Henry, Cook, CMC, Jones, and Eckler scored more points this year than they did last year. We don't know how long this is going to go on, but th- there seems to be a new longevity through you know combination of how these players are managed in game. They're not asked; to, the workload isn't as high. Plus, how they're looked after from a medical side. Thinking historically in fantasy, you would look at a running back who's twenty six and say their career is almost over. Now we're pushing that out to 28, 29, maybe thirty. Derek Henry, I think, is going to be perhaps 29, 30 next year, Zeke, you know, getting older. So it's a real difference in terms of how you build squads on the basis that it seems these players are lasting longer. Yeah, that is fascinating, fascinating stuff, Guru. And just hearing that um, that draft class, I just knew, of course, but when you hear all those names rattled out, the strength and depth extraordinary. And then uh, hearing the, the year before, feeling old. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's go to your show team. We need a bounce back week. Just uh, again, I'm sure you had these caveats on on edge rush, but week 18 is a unique week. Uh, players are being rested. Some teams have no motivation. All the low, all the over unders I saw were very very low compared to. Um, Put a smile on Propose's face. The King of Plumpton. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and and what obviously teams do as we're seeing with Sam Howell is they'll they'll hand the reins over to youth more often than not. So you have to make some real caveats in terms of how you build a squad for this week. Some players we might have liked, like Joe, Justin Jefferson coming off uh, a down week, you know, a bit of a, uh, an opportunity for him to get a, get it right, but he's probably only going to play a half. So that's, th- this mm. looks like an odd team if you, if you were in any other week, but this is a sort of week 18 lineup. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Actually. Now I look at the, look at the lineup and the context. So you've gone with Jalen Hurts to start back. We're expecting him back. Of course, uh, you better bloody be back. If you put him in the team against the giants, um, and therefore, I guess you're expecting him to play for the majority, if not all of the game. This is one that uh, I'll probably reserve right until late on to potentially switch. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to go. But if he does, you know, the Giants, we know, are resting players. They've said so. Um, Philadelphia are playing for the bye. That's still, that's really valuable, you know, especially mm-hmm. in, in modern day now with the, the way that they seed. Even if Hertz is pulled in the late third quarter or early fourth, the fact that the Giants, I think, are 14-point dogs and are resting players and they can run on him and he's he, I think the kind of character is will feel like he's got a lot to prove and they'll want to win the game. You know, it could be three great quarters before he goes. And in a week where it's quite hard to actually spend your money, uh, he's mm-hmm. one of those few elite assets that I think can come through. Yeah, it makes sense. You've gone for three running backs, the two requisite ones and one of the flex. Cam Akers, we love that prop. We're big Cam Akers fans, of course. Uh, uh, the Rams playing the Seahawks and, of course, could be spoilers. A lot of hipsters are big on the Rams with the points in that game. Well, you talk more about that over on Edge Rush. And you've gone for another running back in that game, Ken Walker, uh, for the Hawks, as well as Najee Harris, Cleveland playing Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh still with an outside chance, a faint chance of uh, a playoff spot, of course, if other results go their way. So talk us through the rationale behind these three. 
Walker's another one that we don't know if he's going to go, but he's played the last two weeks with the same ankle injury. He did leave, apparently he left practice with an illness on Thursday. So again, a bit up in the air, but Seattle need to win to make the playoffs. Mm. He's had 49 carries in his last two weeks. He is the bell cow. Uh, The Rams are allowed 150 yards on the ground and one and a quarter touchdowns over the last four, essentially since Aaron Donald went down that unsurprisingly that D line isn't the same. So you can run on LA at this point. Um, Najee, We've not picked Najee yet, and he was a fade preseason, but the Browns are 29th against running backs. Najee has the sixth most carries over the course of this season and 62 carries over his last three with 12 targets. So while he's not an efficient back at this point, uh, the, the volume is there against a team that allow running backs to score points. And Cam Akers against Seattle... I think this could be a high-scoring affair, one of the few maybe on the slate. Uh, Akers has had a 75%-plus snap share over the last three. He is the guy for them in that backfield. He's had back-to-back 100-yard games, and Seattle are 30th against running backs. Okay. Uh, all stacks up so far. Then you've got, uh, in terms of receivers, Josh Johnson, uh, Washington playing Dallas. Uh, the aforementioned Chris Alave, Carolina at New Orleans, a dead rubber game, but... Uh, interesting that you've gone with him. Uh, and the Donovan Peoples-Jones for Cleveland uh, against uh, Pittsburgh, as we said. Uh, and your defense, oh, sorry, your tight end is Tyler Higby. And then your defense is the Vikings. Who's your Schultz bump then? That's Dotson. Only because ah, of the okay. howl, the move to howl. I, I just ah, feel like yeah, yeah, okay. what tends to happen, particularly in season when teams make the moves to rookie QBs, is they have better chemistry with other rookies. They'll know them, same age group. They would have gone to rookie camp together. Uh, so I think Dotson might be a leading target for Howell in this game. And Dotson, since coming back from his own injury, uh, 22 targets in his last three, three touchdowns in his last four. No Gibson, maybe no Robinson as well in the back re- backfield. We're not sure on him yet. Cowboys have struggled against wide receivers and will rest players. Dotson, at, at a cheap value of four and a half, has high upside. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, he's the Schultz bump. Uh, People's Jones, 4-7. And you got a larvae, I suppose, relatively speaking, six twos, a decent chunk there. So, uh, do you figure that's going to be uh, the Carolina New Orleans game? Another low scoring game. You said a number of particularly low slates. Where are you on the over under on that, Propo? Uh, I reckon just because of the fact that you've got both teams with literally nothing to play for mm. uh, at the number 42, which is reasonably low. I know these two teams are probably stronger on defense than they are, but without JC Horn, this Carolina Panthers second yeah. we saw last week has been looked completely different. And I think that the Panthers will be able to get stuff going. I don't think we're going to see sort of the Sam Donald we saw last week. It depends who they play. Obviously they might sort of play younger players, but I think that lends itself towards the over. Okay. All right. Well, that's promising for your pick then of, uh, of Alave in the mix and people's Jones as well. Tyler Higby in that uh, Ram Seattle uh, game. And then the Vikings defense against Chicago and the aforementioned Nate Peterman, of course, going for, uh, for Chicago and that. So that makes a a huge amount of sense. That is the show team. We're going to put that out on our social channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and we'll put out videos from the show as well over on there in the show notes, links to how you can get involved with the listener league into the contests and all of that jazz brilliant stuff guru it's great to have you back happy 2023 so far yeah good so far thank you and uh happy new to you oh thanks man you see proper i hope you're taking notes there polite supportive what's not to love about that 
Mm, don't believe in it. Treat them mean, keep them keen. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff, fellas. Good to see you. Mentioned Edge Rush, that's in the vault. Me and I, Mike, in the vault as well. So go back and listen to those. We're back Monday with our Mike. J-Bell's in the house next week as well. So looking forward to that. Of course, we'll be back with FFS and more Edge Rush as well. So four episodes coming your way next week, which is, of course, the build-up to Wildcard Weekend. How have we got to the playoffs already? I don't know. Time just flies and we're having fun. Look after yourself, fellas. Podcast Network.